ladies and gentlemen, welcome very, 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 very much. Thank you so much for being here today on Rise Up, episode number 176. We are literally just a couple weeks away, well, maybe three weeks away or so, four weeks from getting uh, episode uh, 200. We need 24 more episodes and we reach episode 200. We should do, I know we wanted to do something special for episode 100, but it happened so quickly that I didn't even have time to really prepare. So episode 200, I'm going to try my hardest to see if we can nail down a schedule where Ray Comfort can come and comfort us with his kind teachings of Jesus and his amazing way that he spreads the gospel and, and, and teaches the, word, uh, the words of Jesus and the word of God. Um, so we're, we're going to work on that. So stay tuned. I'll let you know. But Ray Comfort definitely uh, is somebody that I would like to have for our 200th episode. Maybe Ken Ham, maybe Frank Turek. Um, either, one, either one of those three gentlemen would be amazing to have. I know Julie Green said that she'd come on the show. And I think for the 200th episode, we do need to make, you know, make, it a, make it a celebration, right? A celebration of giving all glory to God. I know we've got some newcomers watching this morning. I want to say thank you so very much. Make sure that you click that thumbs up button. And if you have the courage to spread the gospel, not gossip, then grab this link and share it to your Facebook pages, your Truth Social pages, your pages, your Getter, your Twitters. Bring more people in. Uh, Heather says, Jeremy, Jesus healed my eye and my carpal tunnel. Amazing. Jesus heals all. Now, in that song, in that song, you heard uh, the singer say, no other name, no other name, obviously talking about our Father in heaven, no other name. And we hear that a lot throughout songs, and there's no other name, no name like his, Jesus is the only name to remember, a lot about names. And we've already had uh, episodes here where we've talked about the power of your name and what your name means in Greek or in Hebrew, and not only that, that your parents did not name you, God named you. Your parents were merely vessels that God used to actually put your name on an official piece of paper for our documented government. But your name means something. Always has and it always will. And now as we're approaching a thousand people watching here this morning, I want to talk about God's name. Now, we know God has many names. Adonai, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh, spelt W or Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, like you're taking a breath. But what did God tell Moses his name was? Helen says it's her birthday. Well, happy birthday, Helen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Helen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, my dear. I hope it is a wonderful, wonderful celebration. Let's give all glory to God on our birthdays for, for us even being alive. I mean, just being having a birthday is a blessing. Now, what did God tell Moses his name was? In Exodus. Exodus 3.14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. 
Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am sent me to you. Let's go back a little bit to verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 12. So he said, I will certainly be with you. These are the words of God. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Verse 13, then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus, you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. This is my name forever. That's what he told Moses. This is my name forever. Now, let me blow your minds real quick here. Eli, can you turn up that, uh, that fan a little bit? It's getting a little hot up in here, up in her. Thank you. I am. This is my name forever. This is what shall be known for generations. I am. So that means that if we're made in God's image and God dwells in us, And the Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts. And Jesus is our Lord and Savior, whom we go through in order to give our praise to God the Father. If that is all correct, which we know it is, tell me what's wrong with me saying this. I am so stupid. I am so worthless. I am so dumb. I am so ignorant. I am the worst. So if God's name forever and for all generations that he told Moses was, I am, and God dwells in us, isn't saying I am stupid a form of blasphemy? Isn't saying that I am worthless, I am dumb, I am lost, I am wrong, I am ignorant, I am no good? Isn't that a form of blasphemy? I'm just saying. Do we have to say GD? Or JC in an anger and an angrily and an anger uh, out of anger to make it blasphemy? Or just by saying, I am stupid? Is that blasphemy? I think it is. 
Rosebud says, my husband says to himself, I am incompetent. Isn't that a form of blasphemy? I just thought about that this morning. So I am going to stop doing that. And I am going to give glory to God and respect the temple which is my body given to me by, by God, saved by faith through the Son, Christ, the Messiah. And I am going to make sure that I glorify God and not blaspheme his name by blaspheming and putting down everything that he gave me. How about you? What do you think about all that? Is that something that triggered something in your mind to go, I've never even thought of that. I am loved, says C. Gannon, 6513, loved by God. Amen. Yes, prayers for Florida, prayers for Georgia, for the hurricanes. I know there's a lot of stuff going on. I've been thinking about that as well. But I just wanted to bring that up this morning, right? I wanted to bring that up because listening to that song and hearing, you know, there's no other name and thinking about the name of God. The name of God is powerful. It's very powerful. And I think that we've gotten so far away from how powerful God is and how the name of God is so powerful and God's word so powerful. We talked about that yesterday with the, 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 the spirit of the sword. And talking about the armor of God being God's word. Man, man, is he powerful. And so are we. But what I titled today's show is Hated by Man, Loved by God. Hated by man, loved by God. And if you did not get a chance to read the description, I'll read it for you. I am a child of the most high God. I love that. Let's start saying that. I said they hated Jesus long before they hated us. Still, we are hated for our faith. People look down on us because they think that we look down on them. They are under the impression that we think that we are better or more enlightened than them. Nothing could be further from the truth. We cry for them. We pray for them. We want to help them know the truth as we do. But pride is so strong on this earth that the devil exploits that in all of us to think that we can save ourselves and that we don't need God. How did that work out for him? The prince of pride. Either way, I am proud to be oppressed and persecuted. 
I'm proud to be hated. I'm proud to be silenced and jailed. But not the kind of pride that the Prince of Pride exposed and showed that uh, that of himself to be knocked down and kicked out of heaven. No, no, no. This pride is given to God. This glory is given to God. This pride is not self-pride. It's pride for God. So I'm proud to be persecuted, silenced, hated, oppressed, jailed. I'm proud to be a fool for Christ. I'm proud to be a Jesus freak. I am a child of God. And I am worthy. And I am loved. And I am great. And I am good because I have Jesus. And I am going to heaven. And I am given grace and mercy every day, no matter what I've done. Because I am a child of God. Say it with me in the chat, in the live chat. I am a child of God. And then share the video if you haven't. Let's see if we can get to 2,000 live viewers. That's going to be possible by you guys being force multipliers. Now. Thank you, Sigplay. I appreciate it. I'm a child of God. Look at all that coming in. I'm a child of God. OFP Farm says, I'm a child of God. Carol says, I'm a child of God. TJ says, I needed to hear this today. I'm a child of God. Miss Mocha Powered said, oh man, did I need to hear this? I'm a child of God. I love it. Look at all of you. You're amazing. I am a child of God. How many of you guys sing that song in your in your churches? I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Oh, I love that song. That song gives me goosebumps. We may take the song. We may take the show out with that song. Oh, the sun sets free. I love that song so much. Look at all the people say, yeah, we sing that song in our church. Oh, thank you, Heather Traeger. $5 rumble rant, knowing how much we need it. God bless you. Thank you so much. Mama B says, I prayed this morning. Praise God. I mean, exactly. Exactly. He is my heavenly father. I am made in his image, says Amanda Collins. Keep singing, Jeremy. Well, I don't think people log on to hear me sing. (laughs) I don't think people log on to hear me sing, but thank you. Who the sun sets free. Oh, I love it. All right, moving on. I want to get into the verse of the day. Now, you probably noticed I did not send out a newsletter this morning. And that's just because, you know, just one of those mornings where I just didn't have the time to really get to sending out a newsletter. But I want to read for you verses 6 through 13 of 1 Corinthians 4. So 1 Corinthians, if you've got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians, okay? New Testament, just for those that are new, for the newbies out there. Don't worry, we've all been there. 
who the sun sets free. Woo! I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Oh, I love that song so much. All right. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 13. Uh, excuse me. 4, 14. Actually, you know what? Let's go 6 to 13, and then we'll, we'll move on after that. So go to four, uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 6. And then we'll read all the way down to 13. I want you to tell me if any of this sounds familiar to today's world. Okay? Here we go. Verse 6. Fools for Christ's sake. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. For who makes you differ from another? And what did you have that you did not receive. Now, if you did indeed receive it, whatever it is, why do you boast as if you had not received it? So basically that's saying, okay, you got yourself a new car. Yay, new car. Got myself a new car. Spent 50 grand on this hunk of metal with four tires. Spent all this money, you got this new brand new car, it's beautiful, yay, I got this new car. Look at this new car that I have. Look at this new car that I'm driving, as if you created it. Like my new car, I gotta go wash my new car. You're making your car your idol, that's what this is saying. This is saying, why are you boasting as if somebody didn't give you the opportunity to get this car? Well, they didn't, I worked hard for this. At what job? At the job that, my career. How'd you get that? Because I worked hard. A lot of people work hard. How'd you get that job? Because I was smart and I have the skills to do it. Where'd you get those skills and that intelligence level? Oh, that's right. God. So why aren't you giving glory to God for that new car that you got? Why are you driving around as if you created that car? You created nothing but a prideful problem. Moving on. Now, this is what I really like. Tell me if this sounds familiar to today's world about people who look at us Christians as some kind of sewer rat while they're elite. Listen to this. You are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And indeed, I could wish you did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last, as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. I want to stop right there. Before we go on, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. 
I don't think people really, when they read the Bible, break down line by line, verse by verse, and go back and find out the Greek translation or the Hebrew translation of certain words. Now, we did that in church this Sunday. And we do that a lot in church, actually. We sit there and we go through a line. Like if I were to just say, we are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We would break that down in church. This is what our church does anyway. And then we go and we find the Greek, and he- Greek or and Hebrew meaning of the words weak, of the words strong, of the words wise, of the words uh, fools. And it really helps you understand what you're reading so much more because the word of God is so complex but so easy. We are fools, but we are wise. What? That doesn't make any sense to human ears. You're right. But it makes sense to the ears of people who call themselves childs of God or children of God. Like when Jesus spoke in parables and the Pharisees and the Sadducees had no idea what he meant. Always oh, just speaking gibberish. No, no, no. He's speaking the word of God. You just don't understand it because you don't want to hear it. A good church and a good pastor will do that. If you do not do that in your church, I recommend you finding a different church. You must get into the word of God and really, really, really focus on word by word. You could literally spend an hour in church breaking down two I mean, two sentences, a tiny paragraph. Jeremy, do you attend a non-denominational church? Actually, I don't. I I attend a uh, a Baptist church, actually, but here in the north. So, you know, a little different than Southern Baptist churches. I'd like to attend a Southern Baptist church sometime. Uh, but no, I attend a Baptist church here. Uh, but I would I would like all churches to be non-denominational. I really would. Uh, Massey Paul says, Jeremy, that is why I love you and rise up because you are like my favorite pastor, Pastor Mac, who now lives in Savannah, Georgia, and he is a risen savior, Lutheran church. God is good. God chick says, sounds like your church is a good one. Best, best church I've ever been a, a, a part of down to earth. Great people, really a family picnics together, softball games together as a church. I mean, it's, it's truly a family. Ruth says, I love this church. I learn more here than my own church. Well, I hope that changes. I hope you can learn more at the church you go to. Now, I want to move on. Where did I leave off? Oh, that's right. We are fools for Christ, but are wise in Christ, right? We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To the present out. Now, I want you to really pay attention to verse 11 through 13. You ready? Listen closely. I'll read it slow. To the present hour, which is right now today. No matter when this was written. To the present hour, we both hunger and thirst. And we are poorly clothed and beaten 
and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the offscoring of all things. Ready for this last two words? These last two words? Let me reread that last sentence and then I'll add the last two words. We have been made as the filth of the world, the offscoring of all things, until now. That's the end of the verse. Until now. Now I want to go back and read that last little bit. We are poorly clothed. We hunger and thirst. We are beaten. We are homeless. We labor working with our hands. Being reviled, we bless. That means all the while being hated like Jesus was. All the while being talked about like Jesus was. All the while being oppressed, suppressed and silenced like they tried to do to Jesus. He blessed. So do we. Being persecuted by those people as we bless them, we endure. Raphael says, wow, my Bible doesn't say that. What version are you reading? Remember, we talked about Bible versions and and verses left out, right? I read from the New King James Version. I read from the King James too, but sometimes I need that little bit of help with the the understanding of the verse. So I, I read the New King James a lot. Uh, can Silverton just ask, what Bible do you read from? New King James. It says that we are the dregs of humanity to this very day. That's right. We are. That's what we're looked at as. New Catholic Bible. Oh, wow. Okay. FL Girl says... KJV is my Bible. That's what I've, I used to, I was doing the NIV for a while. I did the um, uh, American Standard Version. I did the Patriot Bible for a while, but I really found myself gravitating towards King James, the new King James Version. Um, Judy says, read Acts 4.12 and then read Acts 2.36 through 41. Praise the glorious name of Jesus. They are not left out verses. There, are, there were verses added by scribes. There were verses in other versions they are left out and added. There are, there are versions that have both left out and added. Ooh, that's a good comment. Somebody said, I often wonder how a person can be so good one minute and say I love and believe in God and then curse him in the next with anger. When I hear God's name used in vain, it truly hurts my heart. You heard me what I said last week. When I hear somebody use name, God's name in vain, I want to punch him in the mouth, slap him in the face. Like that's truly, the, the, that's my human reaction. That's, I get so hurt and angry. When somebody uses the Lord's name in vain, I just want to lash out. Obviously I don't, but that's how I feel.
Nanetta, I'm reading from verses uh, 1 Corinthians 4, and I just read 6 through 13. Now, I think it's time that we get to one-minute prayer for dads. By the way, if you are new here to Rise Up, I know we had a couple new names this morning. I just want to say thank you for being here. I don't in any way claim to be a pastor. I, don't, I, do, I do consider this a ministry, but I don't consider myself to be a pastor or a priest or a reverend or any of those things. I consider myself to be a child of God who is growing in my journey with Jesus and Rise Up is just that. I am not telling you what you should do in your relationship with Jesus, for those that are new and don't understand what this show is and what it represents, I'm not a prophet. I am merely just a person trying to go through life on a journey with Jesus. And God said, you have the ability and the skill to be able to speak in front of people clearly, transparently, and truthfully. I want you to show your personal, private journey with Jesus publicly. So if you're just joining in, that's what this show is. I in no way claim to be some kind of a pastor or some kind of a teacher or anything like that. Okay? I just don't look at myself like that. I look at myself as a person who wants to know the truth, who walks in the grace of God, who has a journey with Jesus, and I just want to share it with you. So as you see, like there's a lot of times where I'm learning and growing. I'm learning and growing right before your eyes. I don't claim to know more than any of you. I don't claim to be better or well-versed, more well-versed in the Bible than any of you. Just so you know that. I'm not on some kind of a high horse here. I'm just trying to go through life with my journey with Jesus. So that's all this is. Speaking of that, walking in truth. If you have one-minute prayer for dads, please open up to page 152. Okay? 152, and it's called Walking in the Truth from 3 John 1, 4. 3 John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. Now, before we read this, I know this is going to be a common... uh, This is going to be common here. How many of you say to your kids, how is it that I hear nothing but good about the way you acted when you were at so-and-so's house or when you were at church without me or wherever you were? How is it that you were so perfect and I hear nothing but good things and then you come home and you act like a little demon, like you act like the Tasmanian devil, no manners, no nothing. And then you say to yourself or your husband or your wife, well, at least they do it. At least they act right outside the house, right? When you find out your children are walking in the truth and they're not under your scrutiny, that means that what you taught them landed. What you taught them, they soaked in and they did good. And you should be happy for them and you should be proud of them, right? Yes, that was my children, and now I, have grand- I do it to my grandchildren. I do, I do, right? You always say to your kids, you say, so-and-so said you acted like an angel, and then you come back here and you act like this. What is wrong? How did, they- How did you go from acting like, but at least they did it outside the house, right? So 
There's no greater joy than to know your children are walking in the truth with God. And when you find out that they were godly or they helped somebody or they, they, they reached out and they helped somebody up who, was, who has fallen or felt depressed or felt lonely, that is such a good feeling, Right? The Apostle John had no greater joy than knowing his children were walking in the truth. That's our goal as dads, too. You will find no greater joy than seeing your kids grasp the truth, but yet then walk in it as well. Father, your word is truth. To walk in truth is to walk in step with your word. I pray that not only will I be diligent about walking in the truth, but that I will teach my children also how to walk in the truth. I pray that they will take naturally to the word as a dad duck take as a as a duck takes to water, excuse me. Help me show them the practical importance of knowing your word and living it out in daily life. Bring me, Lord, the true joy that comes from obedience to your word, both for me as a father and for my children. I believe the children are our future. Let them laugh and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Right, that was Whitney. Was that Whitney Houston, Eli? Give them a sense of pride and make it easier. Yeah, so that's why I was so hard before Roe v. Wade was overturned on overturning Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs case, because I knew that we were spitting in God's face with every child that we dismembered and broke up and sucked out and sold. Every time we kill another baby. Did you watch the movie Nefarious with our friend Sean Patrick Flannery who graced his, uh, us with his presence here on Rise Up? A lot of people said, oh, he didn't, you know, I, I wish we could have heard more of him. I, I do too, but he was, he's a great actor. He embodied that role so perfectly. But what did he say in that movie? What did he say? The carpenter cries. What's he say, Eli, about the every time we kill a baby in the womb? What's he say? He says something like the, the carpenter cries and all of heaven groans every time we... Hell rejoices every time we kill a baby in the womb. Children are the outside of life and marriage. Children are the biggest blessing God can give you. And we smack and spit in the face of God every time we kill another baby. How sickening have we become as a nation? So glad that we overturned Roe v. Wade. So glad. I'm so happy to be a father to children. And obviously there's things that we do that we regret, right? But in the end, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. Now, speaking of children, my daughter, Lily, watches a lot of... Um, she watches a lot of, uh, of children's uh, Bible cartoons on pure flicks pure flicks has such a great uh list uh, of children's cartoons that truly show the gospel truly show 
the life of Christ. And when I say truly, I mean truly. Like my daughter Lily is six years old. She knows what Jesus went through intimately. And I think if your children are going to watch cartoons, they should watch biblical cartoons. They should watch cartoons that show the Bible visually. And we saw this, and I wanted to share this with you. Now, first of all, I need to warn you. This is nothing that you have never seen before. You've seen what you're about to see many, many times over. Get your Kleenexes ready. I only know this because when I watched this, even though I've seen it a bazillion times, when I watched this last night, I cried my eyes out. I truly cried my eyes out. Let me get my headphones on. I need my headphones for this one. You ready? Here we go. I pray for your healing. The circumstances will change. I pray that the fear inside would flee. In Jesus' name. Every time. Every single time. No matter how many times you see it. And not... Not really for... What they did to him. That's not really why I cry, because I can watch people be, you know, crucified by Romans all day long, and it doesn't hit me like that. I mean, I still feel bad, but it's not because of what they did to him. It's because of what he endured for us, and then asked God to forgive them. What he did for Michelle, and Terry, and Race Mom, and Kittenhead, and TJ, and S.L. Holmes and Kalia and little David and Caden and everyone. He even did it for non-believers, people who hate him. So while we are reviled, we bless because Jesus did. While we are persecuted, we ask God to forgive those people who are persecuting us, the big tech companies, the federal government, as, as angry as we get during the political hours of LFA TV, I get it. But again, it's not because of what they did to him. It's what he endured for us. 
And do you know that he never, ever, ever, ever cried out for them to stop? He never screamed that he was in pain or that it hurt. He never screamed in agony that they were doing that to him. He took it. He took it all. How does somebody do that? Could you? Could I? He just took it. Didn't even ask them to stop. Didn't beg them for relief. He just took it. And that is why when I hear somebody blaspheme the name of the Lord, it makes me want to smack them. It makes me want to cut off their ear like Peter did. Even though I know that's wrong. For you newcomers here, this is what happens. This is what happens. Now, they really hate Jesus and Israel. You know, it's really odd, isn't it, that we have such a tight bond with Israel and we support and we protect Israel and we fund Israel and I wouldn't have it any other way. But they hate Jesus in Israel more than they hate Jesus in Pakistan. They hate Jesus more in Israel than they hate Jesus in Afghanistan or Iraq. They hate Jesus more in Israel than they hate Jesus in Iran. God's chosen people reject Jesus more than anybody on planet Earth. Boy, they are stubborn people, aren't they? And that's not me being critical or racist or anything like that. God said that. My people, my children, my, my people of Israel are a stubborn people. These two ladies... We're preaching the gospel of Jesus in Israel. I want you to watch this. And I want you to see how people look at them. And then watch what happens. They literally, well, <laughs> I'll let you see it. Here we go. Oh, hold on. We don't have sound on this. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Here you go. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Once again. Yeshua HaMashiach to die for your sin on the cross. And he resurrected from death to keep us alive in heaven. If you believe that Yeshua died for your sin on the cross and resurrected from death to give you life, you shall be saved. Confess your sin. Open your heart. to your Lord and Savior today. Today is the day of salvation day. If you want to accept Yeshua HaMashiach, you can just open your heart. Yeshua said, here I am. I'm just going to pause it real quick. I just want you to I, really watch the people that are walking around them. Watch the way they look at them in disgust and then watch what they come and do to them. Sickening. Just wanted you to just wanted you to make sure you were aware of the surroundings of what was going on around them. Go ahead. I stand at the door of your heart. 
would believe in him would not perish but receive everlasting life. It is not one God for the Gentiles and one for the Jewish people. Religion is false. Religion is world-centered. Every religion in the world, including Judaism, teaches people that salvation is by what they do. You teach religions of men and expect that they will be honored by God. But what does God say in the Tanakh? He says that the heart is deceitful, so therefore who could know it? If Israel broke the covenant that God made with them in the wilderness with Moses, it's written in Zechariah 10 that the covenant is broken. But God promised you a new covenant in Jeremiah 31, 31, where he said he would write his laws in your heart. He said he would put them in your mind. He said in that day you would need no man to teach you, saying, know the Lord, because you would all know him. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to Please. Okay. 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 Where they go all over Israel doing this, and it's the same exact result every single time. Everywhere they go preaching the name of Yahshua in Israel, they get chased, they get filmed. That's the police. The police literally kicked them out for speaking the name of Yeshua. It's sad. They rejected Jesus in his own home when he tried to preach there. And they're rejecting him in Israel today. They even had a few, about two months ago, there was even, you know, Orthodox Jewish um, politicians trying to outlaw people spreading Christianity or the name of Yeshua. Now, Benjamin Netanyahu obviously said, we're not going to do that. But I don't think that he said we're not going to do that because he disagreed with them. I think he said we're not going to do that because he knew that if we, if they do that in Israel, that's the end of America's support for Israel. We are a Christian nation, period. 68% of the United States of America, whether they walk a Christian life or not, still consider themselves to be Christians and still believe in the God of the Bible. Now, probably 8% actually live that Christian life. But the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, I believe personally that Benjamin Netanyahu, BB, would have sided with those politicians had it not been for, if without U.S. support, Israel does not exist. Without U.S. support, Iran and the Muslim countries around them would wipe Israel off the map. Now, it wouldn't be off the map forever because they're God's chosen people. And they would come back like they always do. But it is very sad. It is very sad that in Jesus' own home, this is happening. So what we need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is we need to pray. 
for those ladies. We need to pray for um, for Israel that they come to to really accept Yeshua as their Lord and Savior. We know David Brody. David Brody, a great friend of mine, he grew up a Jew, grew up very, very strong in the Jewish faith, ended up converting to Christianity after he realized and, and was basically put right in his face that Jesus is real. And now he calls himself a completed Jew. That's exactly what the Bible is. The New Testament is completing the Old Testament. The New Testament is ringing true all those prophecies that were in the Old Testament. The Old Testament tells us as a story of how God promises to destroy death and the new promise or the New Testament shows us how he did it. And it was Jesus. The Old Testament is not invalid. The New Testament is not invalid. Without one another, they are incomplete. And just like the Bible needs the Old and the New Testament to be complete, Jews need to accept Jesus as the Messiah to be a completed Jew. I respectfully disagree, Jeremy, about Netanyahu. That's great. That's great. That's what I love about this channel. So, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we're going to end the show with I am who you say I am by Hillsong Worship. I want to thank you for joining in today on Rise Up, episode number 176. The fight continues here politically and spiritually on LFA TV until 11 o'clock tonight, hour by hour, show after show. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe, share, give us a thumbs up, and I thank you very much for being here. God bless you. Sean Farish, Ungoverned, comes up next, followed by Live from America with yours truly. Ladies and gentlemen, I am who you say I am. Uh-huh.